Zodiac of Mar Cheshvin. What is the meaning of Mar Cheshvin? The letter of Mar Cheshvin, the tribe of the month, the limb of the month, the attribute of the month, and the permutation of the month. First and foremost, the name Mar Cheshvin. Mar means like Kemamidli, as it says in Isaiah, implying drops in a pail, in a bucket, the idea of water. And furthermore, the month of Marcheshvin is also called the month of Bull, from the word Mabul, implying that the Mabul, the flood, and the time of Noah took place in this month. And so it's a month connected with water. Water implies the concept of work, avidus aretz, to first plow the ground and then sow the ground and finally to water the ground so that one begins to prosper and has the ability to conquer the world and make the world a didaloi yizbari to create a dwelling place for God down here in this world. In other words, the month of Tishrei primarily deals with prayer. And that is asking God to give you the potential to be able to make the world into a dwelling place for God. And after you finished Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur and Sukkot and Sukkot the seventh month of the year, now that you are satiated with all the blessings, now we enter into the real world. We go into Mar Cheshvin. And therefore the main job of Mar Cheshvin is V'yakov, Holach, L'dakov. Now Jacob goes on his path to make a world for God, as it says, to know God in all your ways, that everything that you do, you shall come to know God. And therefore, it's a month of rain because of the fact that God now gives us the physical and material blessing, blessing and the wherewithal to be able to create this dwelling place for God. And that is why we find that on the seventh day, of Mar Cheshvin. The Jewish people began to pray for rain. On the 17th of Mar Cheshvin was the first day it began to rain at the time of the flood in the era of Noah. And then on the 27th day of the month, the, we find that the, the Mabel ended and Noah was able to leave the Teva, leave the ark and go into the world. And once again, create a world where God will dwell. The concept of seven, the seventh of the month, and then the seventeenth of the month, and then the twenty-seventh of the month, implies that we receive all the blessings from the month of Tishrei, which is the seventh month of the year, and now it begins to flow over and carry out in the eighth month of the year, which is the month of Marcheshvin. Furthermore, what do we know about Marcheshvin? It says in the Medrash that uh, King Solomon, Shleimei HaMelech, when he built the first holy temple, he finished it in the month of Marcheshvin. However, he did not open it until the following year, the month of Tishrei. And so the month of Marcheshvin was very embarrassed, was very upset. It wanted to start the inauguration of the holy temple. And says the Medrash that God promised the month of Mar that he would pay him back, and that when Mashiach would come, 
they would inaugurate and be mechanich, the third holy temple, in the month of Marcheshvin. And so we see here that the month of Marcheshvin is connected with the rebuilding of the third holy temple and with the coming of Mashiach and a world that will prosper, not only spiritually, but also materially. What is the month, the number of the month? The, nu- the number of Marcheshvin is number eight. Tishrei is the seventh month, and Marcheshvin is the eighth month. The number eight alludes to the coming of Mashiach, as it says that when Mashiach will come, the harp that they will use in the Holy Temple will be a harp of eight strings. Why eight? Because seven represents nature, seven days of the week. Eight represents beyond nature. And so Mashiach will usher in an era that is beyond nature, and therefore it is implied in the number eight. Mm -hmm. What is the zodiac of the month? The zodiac of the month is the Akrov, Scorpio, or the scorpion. What is the connection between the Akrov, the scorpion, and the month of Marcheshvin? So the Talmud tells us that the difference between the scorpion and the snake is that the venom of the snake is hot, in contrast to the venom of the scorpion, which is cold. Furthermore, the scorpion is also an animal connected with the water, so to speak. It says when the scorpion wants to go from one side of the river to the other side of the river, it goes on the back of a frog. The frog carries the scorpion from one side to the other. Says the Gemara the following. If a person is praying the Amidah, and a nachash, a snake, comes around his foot, around his heel of his foot, he should continue to pray. If an akrav, if a scorpion, comes around the heel of his foot while he is praying, he should stop praying and start over again. What's the, what's the difference between the nachash and the akrav, the snake and the scorpion? When it comes to the snake, we say, stay in the same place and continue praying. When it comes to the scorpion, we say, run away, go somewhere else, and start over again. So Hasidus explains the following. When you're praying to God, one has to be passionate in his prayers before God. And therefore, if a snake, a nochosh, comes by while you're praying, and goes around your foot, and goes around the heel of your foot, implying that you now have foreign thoughts that are unholy, that are perhaps frivolous, and they are passionate thoughts. What is the law? Says the Gemara, continue praying. As long as you have the passion, as long as you have the heat, you can continue praying. You have to just channel now that energy into a positive light and put your passion towards God and Torah and Yiddishkeit. You don't have to leave the prayer. But if an Akurov, which is a scorpion, comes around your foot while you're praying, implying that all of a sudden now, your prayer became cold. It became lifeless. It became without emotion. Says the Talmud, you have to start all over again. Run away, go somewhere else, and start praying anew. Because a lifeless prayer is a dead prayer. A dead person is cold. A live person is warm. 
And so the prayers have to be with heat, with, with passion, with excitement, with vitality. And therefore the Akrav, the Zodiac, represents this concept of coldness. And here we are told this is the power of the month of Cheshvan. That Mashiach has the power not only to bring light and direction to a holy place and to a good place, but on the contrary, the objective of Mashiach is to impact the entire world. Not only the Jewish world, but also the non-Jewish world. Not only those that are warm and hot towards Torah and Yiddishkeit, but even those that are indifferent and are separated and cold towards Torah and God and Yiddishkeit, even these people will be affected in the eighth month through the coming of Mashiach. Furthermore, we find that the Bnei Yisachar says that the word Akrav is Ikur Bayis. In other words, you could take the word Akrav in Hebrew and break it up into two words. Ikor, which means the main, and Bayis is Bayis house, the main house, which is the third holy temple, will be built in this month, in the month of Akrav, in the month of Scorpio. This will be the time of the Chanukah Sabayis and the Chanukah Beach when they will inaugurate the temple and the altar. What is the letter of the month? The letter of the month is the letter Nun. How is Nun connected with Cheshvin? Well, we know that the letter Nun represents the concept of Nes. It stands for the word miracle. And there are two types of Nun. There's called the bent over Nun, the small Nun, and the large Nun, the straight Nun. The small nun represents normal miracles. The long nun or the big nun represents big miracles. And furthermore, the, the large nun goes beneath the baseline, implying how the miracles will not only impact those of a spiritual level and those who are godly and those who are holy, but the miracles of Mashiach and the miracles of the month of Cheshvain will also impact those who are the lowest and the furthest from Torah and from godliness. It will even impact the center of the universe, the most distant place from humankind. And that is perhaps why the word Cheshvon ends with the letter Nun, implying the power of this month to impact even those that are very distant. The word or the letter Nun also implies the word for niflaot, which means wonders. Nisim v'niflaot. And it says that when Mashiach will come, ki When Mashiach will come, we will see the great miracles and wonders that God will perform for us. And these wonders will be even wonders compared to the miracles of Egypt. And we know that the ten plagues and the splitting of the Red Sea were truly earth-shattering miracles that broke nature to a degree that even Pharaoh acknowledged God. However, the miracles that Mashiach will bring upon the world, these miracles will be incomparable to the miracles of Egypt. And therefore, even those that witnessed the miracles of Egypt will say, wow, these are truly miracles. This is really wondrous. 
Furthermore, the letter Nun equals the gematria of 50. 50 alludes to the 50 gates of understanding. Even Moses, the greatest leader, Moshe Rabbeinu, the first leader, the first Rebbe of the Jewish people, and Moses that gave us the Torah, and even though Moshe came from the, the Sephira and the attribute of Chachma, even Moses could not acquire all 50 levels of Bina in his lifetime. On the contrary, it was only the day he passed away that he was buried at Har Nibo. Does the, the Maggot of Mazrit say, Nun boy, at that day, he reached the 50th level of understanding. However, when Mashiach will come, this 50th level of understanding will become available to every person very easily. So this is the letter of the month, the letter Nun. What is the tribe of the month? The tribe of the month is Menashe. What do we know about Menashe? We find something very interesting in the Torah pertaining to Menashe. Before the Jews were about to enter into the land of Israel, two tribes came to Moses and told Moses, you know what, Moses, we want to stay on this side. We're not planning on going over. This is a nice place over here, Transjordan, and it has a lot of fields, and the flock of sheep can go and pasture. We would rather stay here on this side. Moses became very angry. He said, you're going to bring a level of despondency amongst the Jewish people. And finally, uh, God and Reuven agreed, we will go and fight first. We will be the pioneers, we will be the halutzim to go into the land of Israel. And we will first conquer the land of Israel for the rest of the Jewish people, and then we will come back and live here at Transjordan. And so the Torah says, Moses then gave and promised this land of Transjordan to the tribe of God and to the tribe of Ruvain and also half of the tribe of Manasseh. Comes the question to mind, where does Manasseh come into the picture? They never asked for it. And we find that in the, uh, in the writings of Rabbi Yenis and Eipschitz, he explains that God and Ruvain wanted to be in Transjordan because Ruvain, number one, was the firstborn of Jacob. And therefore he got double the amount of sheep from Jacob. He had a lot of sheep, he needed more land, and therefore it was very fertile for grass and for feeding the animals. He, de he desired the Transjordan. God, on the other hand, God did not eat of his animals throughout the 40 years of the desert. As it says that the tribe of God, they liked the manna, and therefore they ate primarily the manna. And they, they too had many sheep, and therefore they too needed more pasture. Why did Menashe also want to be there? Menashe loved the land of Israel, but Menashe also wanted to bring about the coming of Mashiach, and Menashe desired to have an inheritance the way it will be after Mashiach comes. And we are told that up until Mashiach comes, the Jewish people will have the land of the seven nations. After Mashiach comes, they will also acquire the lands of the Keni, Knesia, Kadmoni, which is a total of ten nations. This land of the Keni, Knesia, Kadmoni is found Transjordan. And so Menashe, who had a desire not only to go into the land of Israel, but also 
to initiate and to have an inheritance of how it's going to be after Mashiach comes, requested to be also Transjordan. So half of the tribe of Manasseh went into Israel proper, and the other half of Manasseh stayed Transjordan. And therefore we see the connection between Manasseh and the month of Marchejvin, which is connected with the rebuilding of the Third Holy Temple and the coming of Mashiach. What is the limb of the month? The limb of the month is Dakin. That's the intestine. What do we find about the intestine? It's brought down in the Code of Jewish Law in Yeridea. Chapter number 46. It says over there that if an animal has a hole in one of the limbs, the animal is not kosher. It is rendered treif. However, if there's a hole in the intestine, but the other part of the intestine covers over that hole, it is kosher because the hole is actually now covered. This concept represents the unity amongst the Jewish people. What one person lacks, another person makes up, which is one of the reasons why we dive in with a minion. When we come before God and we ask God for our needs, if we come as an individual, God says, who are you? You want this and you want that and you want the other thing. You yourself, you lack many qualities. You should be doing this and you should be doing that. So what do we do? We come before God with a minion. When we come before God with a minion, what we lack, someone else fills. And therefore we, we cover up one the other. And, and we complement one the other. And therefore we have this idea of unity. We therefore become worthy of God's blessings. We know that the second holy temple was destroyed because of a lack of Avas Israel, because of a lack of Jewish unity. And how will the third holy temple be built? Through strengthening Avas Israel and Achdus Israel by making the unity and oneness amongst all the Jewish people. And the, the love between one and the other should be a love that it, it is totally infinite and unconditional. Through this unconditional love, we will bring about the third holy temple. And that is the limb of the month, which is Dakin. Intestine implying how we are truly one and we take care and complement one the other. What is the attribute of the month? The attribute of the month is smell, scent. This again alludes to Mashiach. We are told one of the great qualities of Mashiach is he will be able to judge through smelling. When the defendant will be standing in front of him, he won't have to ask any questions. He'll just smell and say, okay, you are guilty or you're not guilty. And therefore the attribute of the month of Cheshvin is sent. And finally we come to the permutation of the month, which is the letters Vav, Hey, Hey, Yud. As we explained over the other months, that each month of the year receives its vitality from the four letters of God's name, called the Shema Vaya, or the Tetragrammaton. And being that every month is a new month, that is the meaning of Chodesh. Chodesh, which is a month, is from Chodesh, new. Each month has a new vitality. How do we get this new vitality? By the fact that the letters of God's name are rearranged into a different permutation. 
And therefore says the Ariza, why is it that sometimes people pray and they are not answered in their prayers? Because they don't know the permutation of the month. If they knew the permutation of the month, they would get answered from their prayers. And therefore he concludes that when we daven on Rosh Chodesh, on the first day of the month, in the Musaf service, in the middle and main blessing of the Musaf service for Rosh Chodesh, we should have in mind the four letters of God's name. And therefore the four letters of God's name for Marach Ezrin is Vav Hey Hey Yud. This is based on the Pasuk. This is based on a Pasuk in the Torah, in the book of Deuteronomy, which says, Udvash, Hayoyim Hashem. And that is that God, we ask Almighty God to look down upon the Jewish people and to bless us and to bless the land of milk and honey, Devash is honey. And furthermore, God tells us today, Hayoyim we should accept upon ourselves the mitzvahs of God. And therefore, by the fact that we will add to the mitzvahs, as the Rambam tells us, that one should always view a world, that the world is on 50% good deeds and 50% bad deeds, and therefore one more good deed can tip the, the scale to salvation, and to do the mitzvahs with honey, to enjoy it and, and to see the beauty of every mitzvah. By doing so, we will see how the month of Mar Cheshvin will truly be transformed into the month where we will see the dedication of the third holy temple with the coming of Mashiach speedily in our days.